What's going on? I'm ugly. Huh? <laughs> do you say I'm ugly. ugly? You're ugly? Dude. There we go. I got a try to do it face cam today, but no. I got a third eye right here. Third Look eye blind? This. Yeah, third I gotta eye. Gotta pop blind. that. I know. I know. I'm just gonna <laughs> <laughs> This is how we're going. <laughs> but either way. Dude, I watched uh, last night. I watched the movie you should watch, uh, Mickey Blue Eyes. Mickey Blue Eyes. It's a Hugh Grant rom com where oh, he's nice. a art connoisseur who uh, is trying to marry a girl who's the daughter of a mob boss, and he gets. They start trying to launder paintings through his art auction, and then he gets. Nice. So it's a rom com mafia movie. Nice. Very nice. Ends with the shootout. Come on. Oh. Come on. Come on. You know, I'm not a huge action guy, but yeah. It's- Rom-com action movie. Come on. You you can't Hollywood can't run them better. Seems good enough. Either way, did you sounds watch? Terrible. It sounds terrible. Your mother sounds terrible. That's what Thomas said, not me. Mickey Blue Eyes. Because Hugh Grant has to, like, act as if he's a mafia member. So there's, like, a whole scene where he's, like, trying to, like, talk like an American. Either way, did you watch All-Star Weekend? I watched all this Saturday. I tried to watch as much as I could yesterday. I did not. Yeah, I didn't didn't really watch yesterday. There's a lot of of too much booze going on. I actually fell asleep for a little bit of it. I like saw the highlights of the All Star Game, but I really didn't watch the All Star Games. I've I've almost come to the conclusion that I I I might be done having the shows a little bit different. If we didn't have the show, I would not watch the All Star Game live. There's no way. Yeah, no, I just, dude, I don't know. I just didn't care. I saw the tweets when it said like Tatum scored fifty five. Yeah, Tatum like, versus Brown. I didn't care. I didn't care. You. Know? Well, it's just it, it's just hard to watch. Even the last couple of minutes were very hard on the eyes. It was very bad basketball, and I get it. You don't want to injure yourself, or you don't want to injure anybody. I think Luca even said that when he was mic'd up in the first second quarter. But yeah, it's it's just a tough watch. It is. There's no defense. I mean, there's it's just nothing, dude. You can I do just... anything you want. Yeah. No. Who was it that said they wanted to win All Star MVP this year? There was somebody. I know. I I was banking on LeBron, and then he got injured. So LeBron got injured during the game. Yeah. What? He hurt his hand on the rim, and he didn't play in the second half. No way. LeBron got hurt in the second half. That is funny as hell. Oh my god. Well, let me turn on this thing. Best word choice. LeBron said the last 22 or 23 games of the season are the most important of his career. So, game a horse without tracking the score. Dude, like the last couple of shots were so bad because I mean, everyone was pulling up from half court. It was, it was tough. It really was. Heated blanket. Nice. 
That's a nice shirt. Thank you. A little wrinkly. It's extremely wrinkled. It's <laughs> at the bottom of my closet, but it's cold, dude. I'm cold. Either way, so let's uh let's go through this. Let's talk about the first big thing and a guy who made a name for himself. I made a video saying that the disrespect on this young man needs to stop. You know, the commentators were had gone overboard with their jokes. I, I honestly thought it was like almost annoying how they were treating him like as if they were treating him as if he was a bum. I mean, I understand that like, yeah, he's not like the circumstances aren't ideal, but Matt McClung put on a show. Everyone's saying he saved the dunk contest. I mean, the dunk contest has been dead for years. It's never coming back, guys. The dunk contest will never be what it was. But, like, this was a good trip down memory lane. Like, for me, the last good dunk contest, fuck the Aaron Gordon, Zach Levine, and all that noise. The last good dunk contest was Dwight Howard versus Nate Robinson. I hated that one. Hates the strong word. The, the, I think that's when it was ruined. No, no. So with the first, because okay, what was it? First, Nate Robinson beat Dwight Howard. Then Dwight Howard beat Nate Robinson, right, over a two-year span? Nate Rob was, yeah, he makes, he's cool. Well, the, I saw the I saw those two as my first two. I think it was, the first one was Nate Robinson over Dwight, and then Dwight came back with the Superman cape and beat Nate Robinson. That was awesome. And, like, Dwight dropped from the free throw line. I know he technically didn't dunk it, but like still. I didn't like that because I think that's when it got ruined because it's like, all right, Dwight, we get it. You're on steroids and you're seven feet tall and you can dunk it. I don't really know what to do for you. Um, okay, Mr. 81, let's or if you go I, that that's very hard. Yeah, I mean, can't believe deep. <laughs> yeah, so like let's actually talk about it. We made a video, which is actually one of our more popular videos on this channel, called The Problem with Mac McClung when he was on the Golden State Warriors training camp. We were big fans of Matt McClung, but first off, love Matt McClung. No disrespect right here. Problem with Matt McClung. He's not the biggest body and he He's original. He's originally a combo guard with point like point guard skills, and he's become a better and better point guard. But what Jackson mentioned, he can't play defense. Okay, nothing against him. Like he's athletic as hell. He tries. He's become a really good scorer. He's six two. Okay, his wingspan is, you know, same as the, his height. Six two. Is it really? Yeah, he's six two wingspan, six two height, and that's not necessarily what you what sets up to be a good defender in the NBA. And even if he didn't have that, Matt McClung, Mac McClung, what he has to do is be a Facuna Composite, Pat Bev type defender to be like a decent defender in the NBA. But he and he doesn't do that. He literally has to be like a pesky, annoying, like bug on defense, which. I haven't seen him do in the G League or on a consistent basis, you know. Well, I don't – I understand why some teams would be hesitant, maybe like Golden State, but – and I've been saying this for so long, like he should be on an NBA roster. Oh, there's enough it. teams tanking that he He's, should be I, – Yeah, exactly. Like somebody just give him a shot. And the issue is when teams are giving Mac shots, like he was, he was a former Bull for I believe like a game or two, he – they play him for like two minutes. It's just like, all right, somebody give him some run up here. And when we look at six, two point guards in the NBA, there's only like 17 of them. 
Steph Curry, Damian Lillard, Kyrie Irving, Tyrese Maxey. All those guys are 6'3". Derrick Rose. They're what? They're all 6'3". Everyone you're listening is 6'3". Okay, well, listed, they're all 6'2". Maybe Matt McClung's actually 6'3". So, Matt so he should be on a roster. Yes, on. I agree. I agree. Okay, if Sharif Cooper could be on an NBA team, yes. Yes. Mac McClung can be on an NBA team. I, I do believe that. I think – I mean, again, people don't realize Mac McClung could have gone to Fernabachi or the Shanghai Sharks this offseason and earned millions of dollars and turned it down. And Fernabachi is one of the top Turkish clubs and top clubs in Europe, and then he could have played for Shanghai Sharks. So he could be making millions of dollars – and being one of the best players in Europe, but he chose to be making less than a hundred thousand dollars a year to fucking chase his NBA dream, which I just shows his like his devotion. And again, like, look, you're telling me, look, the, the Spurs don't have a backup point guard. Who's backing up Trey Jones? Like Wesley's more of a shooting guard. Monty okay. <laughs> I forgot about Don, Devontae now. Yeah, Devontae Graham. But still, Utah. Oh, Utah? Utah, you just got to see him up close. You tell me you couldn't get him. You just cut my boy Leandro Balamaro. Which we need to spend five minutes talking about Leandro Balamaro being cut. I oh think my. it's just real quick. I think it's annoying because Mac last year in the G League, 21 and a half, seven rebounds, seven assists, 38% from downtown. Didn't Jordan make rookie of the year. Jordan Mc... almost won MVP. So teams should have. Jordan just... McRae averaged like 35 in the G League. Where's he? Jordan McRae. Yeah, bro. I don't know. Well, yeah, the former rookie of the years aren't like Paul Reed. Paul Reed's Paul pretty cool. I don't know if you remember Antonio Blakely. He was Antonio Blakely. Yeah, he was 25 points per game scorer. He he put up like 30-something in the G League, but yeah, my former bull. Also, somebody people are now starting to say that the deal that the deal that the Timberwolves gave the the Jazz was a lame deal. Like Mike Conley for D'Lo? No, the Rudy Gobert deal. People are just now saying that. Yeah. That oh, that what Minnesota gave Utah? Yeah. Like, half the players were worthless. Well, that was kind of, like, the point. Yeah, I don't even know. I don't even know. <laughs> I just saw it all. like, the big. But either way, so, Matt McClung, do you expect him to be in the NBA? 100%. I don't think it'll be with Philly because there's no way no, no. shot in hell he plays for him. But hopefully somebody <laughs> scoops him up. Man. Rockets, give him a run, dude. We need a point guard. That is so true. The Rockets weren't even the team I thought about. And, like, that's a great point. Look at this. You got to love it when you search up a topic and it's your picture that comes up. Nice. Here we go. Let's talk about Cody Zeller and Kevin Love. A few days ago, I made a video basically saying that the Miami Heat were prioritizing signing a center and a – basically, I made a video the other day saying the – he were prioritizing signing Serge Ibaka and Kevin Love over Russell Westbrook and Patrick Beverly because they had two roster spots open. Instead of Serge Ibaka, because I did complain in the video saying that 
if you're really considering Serge Ibaka, there's so many better center options yeah. out there. I was like, really? Like, Serge Ibaka maybe two years ago, but, like, I was like, you if you were considering signing Serge, I was like, you should be signing Hassan Whiteside at that point, you know? But yeah. Cody Zeller was a better option, 30 years old. You know, I'm not going to say he's anything special. He's, he's the third big man, basically, behind Bam Adebayo. I guess, yeah, Bam Adebayo, Kevin's kind of going to play some center, I believe, when Bam comes off the floor. From what I've heard is, I mean, I talked about this with Luke, the reason why Kevin Love chose Miami was Miami, out of all the teams that had contention aspirations, this was the team that was going to give him the most minutes. This was going to be the team that would give him the best role, and I think they were the team that could give him arguably the most money. And the reason why I say that is this is a team that had been struggling to replace P.J. Tucker all season long. Kevin Love, I'm not going to say he's playing defense like P.J. Tucker, but the corner shooting that P.J. Tucker provided, Kevin Love is better. The rebounding that P.J. Tucker provided, Kevin Love arguably is better. And the passing ability, you know, you know Kevin Love is better than P.J. Tucker. The only thing P.J. Tucker is better at is defense. And Kevin Love, I guess he's older now. He's like, what, 34? But people, Kevin Love in the playoffs, if you haven't paid attention, when he needs to be turned on, Kevin Love is not a terrible defender. Like, he tries his heart out. Steph Curry, for example, you know? Like, we've seen Kevin Love when the game's on the line and he needs to put – like, he doesn't he doesn't get taken off the, for, the floor in the fourth quarter, you know, in the playoffs usually if he's playing hard. What are, And then Cody Zell is just, I feel like, a reserve big because supposedly Omer, Yitter 7 is about to come back. So they'll have mm, Bam, Yitter nice. 7, and Cody Zeller and Orlando Robinson on a two-way. And then Kevin Love will be the power forward with, uh, I guess, Cody Martin as his backup. Is it Cody yeah, or Caleb? Caleb. Caleb, sorry, Cody's on the horns. What were you going to say? You're somebody I've always wanted on the Lakers. Cody Zeller, former fourth pick in the draft. Yeah, Shout out to him. 30 years old only. He spent eight long years in, in Charlotte. Charlotte. Yeah. <laughs> and it never quite panned out, but I think – I totally forgot Cody Zeller was even a free agent. I think it's a great move for the Miami Heat. But, yeah, Kevin Love offers pretty much everything Miami needed. So this will, I think, surprise a lot of people. Miami is third last in three-point percentage. They are dead last in total points per game. They are dead last in blocks, and they are fourth last in rebounds. So I know he's not like necessarily protecting the rim, but pretty much ticks every box you need. If you're Miami, yeah, is that crazy? Think, They're the lowest scoring team in the NBA. Before we continue this talk, I want people to answer this question. I want you to answer. They can't waive anybody else on this roster because these were they had two roster spots open, okay? And they just signed these two guys for these roster spots. So, and I looked at the rest of the players. Every other player on this roster actually plays like like a significant role on this team. The only player you could wave is Duncan Robinson so my question to you is would you stretch in wave Duncan Robinson's like I think it's basically he has like 53 million dollars left over the next like two and a half seasons would you stretch and wave that 53 million dollars over the next 10 years 10 15 years so you could sign Russell Westbrook oh wow is it worth stretch and waving a massive contract like Duncan Robinson if you had a hundred percent guarantee that you could sign Russell Westbrook? <laughs> Is that much of a burden be worth signing Russell Westbrook? 
or John Wall? Um, does it put you over? I don't. I don't think it does. I don't. I don't Even think Russell it's Westbrook? worth it for Miami. It's very, very risky getting Russ. Russ is. Russ, Russ is a risky sign if even, you're going to have to go even through John all those Wall? Hoops. Even John Wall? Yes. Or, pa- or Pat Bev? None of them are worth it, you're saying? I think they'll be able to get enough from Lowry, Vincent, Depot, Struess, and uh, Tyler Hero to not do those moves. Especially Pat Bev. I mean, I love Pat Bev, but they're a – one of the best defensive teams I know. in the league. Yeah, but it was it was more for Russell Westbrook or maybe John Wall just because we, those were two guys that we would all love to see in a Miami Heat jersey. And they had two yeah. roster spots open, and they used it on these two guys. So, basically, you either wave Omer your seven or you wave no. – Yeah. I think I, was, I think them picking up Cody Zeller pretty much signifies that they're not interested in getting Russ. Couldn't they – so one thing you'd cross your fingers and you'd hope for if you're a Miami Heat is Omar year to sevens out for the season. Then you can apply to the NBA for a hardship exception, which means Omar year to seven basically goes on injury reserve and they grant you like a few million dollars in a hardship and then you can sign an additional player. Yeah, that doesn't seem like it'll happen. It would have already probably happened. I really like Omar. I love Omar. I love Omar, but I – I'm just saying, like, does Russell Westbrook or John Wall help put this team over? I don't think so. I understand that. I mean, it's uh, – I still think this these two moves so far underrated. I mean, we, one might say as of right now they're the winners of the buyout market so far. I think they're the team that most improved their team via buyout. It remains to be seen, but yeah. Justin Holiday and Terrence Ross weren't moving the needles for the fucking Suns and Mavericks. Terrence Ross looked good, but yeah. Like we can both, we can agree out of Terrence Ross, Justin Holiday, and Kevin Love, who's going to have a bigger impact? You're lying if it's not Kevin Love. Just wait till the Bulls get Russell Westbrook and then we'll be the winners. So. What if Russell Westbrook signs with, like, the Wizards? How sad would you be? Well, I keep saying, and we all know this, like, logically it makes no sense for the Bulls to get Russell Westbrook. But I think if we got Russ, I think we could make the play-in tournament, get out of it, and uh, take down other Boston or Milwaukee. <laughs> Just kidding. But I think we'd get to the <laughs> That would be funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that would be actually really funny. All right, so – I don't even th- let's just mention this. I'm just we're just, I don't even care to talk about it. Like good for him. Damian Lillard won the three point contest. Yep. That's Damian not Lillard even won the three point contest. <laughs> That's a Seattle hat. Shout out Pacific Northwest, baby. Okay. He beat Buddy Heald and Ty- uh, Tyrese Halliburton. Uh and he, he wore a Weber State. Yeah, Weber State. We oh yeah, Weber State. Weber, sorry. Oh. All right, I'm sorry. My big sky <laughs> Brodies. Yeah, dude, I, I just don't care. <laughs> wow. Like, good for him. No, NBA All-Star. Oh, it's yeah. Just... I did The three-point, I've never really even cared too much about the three-point. Uh, I Really, shout-out to Dame, though. I mean, it's probably 
I hate to say this Blazers fans, please don't get upset, but it's probably the highlight of the Blazers season. Um, I was about to say Jose Alvarado is the highlight of the all-star weekend winning MVP of the rising stars, hitting that fadeaway buzzer beating and not fadeaway game winning shot from three. I couldn't finish rising stars when I saw Jabari Smith jr. Brick any, anything. He oh did. no. It was like, no, I, I didn't watch. I did not watch <laughs> the all rising. So I saw two minutes of it. And I was like, this is bad <laughs> basketball. <laughs> yeah. Rising stars never really done it for me. Didn't they used to do uh, international stuff going on? So there's been the uh, Team World versus Team, like, um, USA. Did they get rid of that? Yeah, and then before that, they had the sophomores versus rookies. That was the old school. They would just have rookies versus sophomores. I did like that. It's it's almost as if Adam Silver and the NBA are, like, going out of their way to make the All-Star game worse and worse or All-Star Weekend worse and worse every year. Well, so Jason Tatum scores 55 points, 184 to 172. The game itself was widely panned due to its lack of defense and competitiveness. Yeah, so I think this pretty much kiboshes any any logic from the NBA that any of these players would care about a playing tournament for money. I, this was for money, too. I don't... I don't know what you do to fix the All-Star game. It's just – it's horrible. At least, like, have them the wear skill their original sucks. jerseys. Go back to East-West. No one's ever watched the Skills Challenge ever in the history. Wait, no, I think, first made. off, you need to make the jerseys like how you used to. You know, like the 1996 um, All-Star game in Phoenix when they had, like, the cactus? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I, and, you know, with the jerseys weren't that bad this year, but it's just – I don't know. It, it, it's really bad. The, I know the, um, the draft selection like was this. So like, stupid. why aren't they making? Why aren't they making jerseys like this anymore? Ready? Like, why aren't they doing these anymore? Like, how much? Nice. Like, aren't those jerseys? Uh, no. <laughs> I have no idea what that's supposed like. This bottom. one was either San Antonio or like Phoenix. It looks like San Antonio, but. This is the 96 All-Star game. They don't all the All-Star game jerseys are first off boring. I would never ever buy an All-Star game jersey. Boring. Like they're just a color, not even cool. They've been doing the same design for like the last 10 years it feels like. Uh Skills Challenge, waste of time. I don't yep. give a give a crap. And also, why am I watching the Antetokounmpo brothers every year playing basketball? I if I wanted to do that, I'd fly to like Greece in the summer. Why are we having the Antikumpos versus the Holidays versus the Zellers? Or the Plumleys? Yeah, which is still stupid to me. Why do we have the Plumleys? The Plumleys versus the Zellers. Mason Miles. <laughs> I think you know why, but and Tyler <laughs> versus Cody. What is it? Mason Miles. What's the other brother, Mason Miles? Oh, dude, ew. this is gonna be piss me off. Uh, Mason Miles, he had a very brief NBA career, right? Very with the Knicks. Miles, there's there Miles, there's Miles, Mason Miles, Marshall. <laughs> That's right. Mason Miles, Marshall versus Cody Tyler, and yeah. what's the third Zeller brother? 
There's a third Zeller. Um, Luke. Cody oh, wow. Tyler's Zeller. Cody Tyler, Luke Zeller versus Mason Marshall and Miles Plumley. I would oh. pay for that skills challenge. Okay. Well, he might be alone there. Oh, come um, on. I think some people would watch it. I don't know if anybody would pay for it. Well, they're missing out on spending their hard-earned cash on a worthwhile event. all right so you want to hear something crazy that might be happening sure nba nba expansion won't be discussed until after the cba and national media deals seattle is guaranteed but there is a serious conversation being had that (laughs) The second NBA expansion franchise is either Las Vegas or Mexico City. Dude, whoa. Yeah. It's it's like Madden shit there. I don't – first off, we're also hearing that the national media deal might not be tripling. We thought it was going to be going up to like – I think we were saying uh, $75 It's looking like it's going to go to 50 I think it's right now at $25 billion, right? Mm -hmm. Or something like that. It's basically going to double, looking more like a fifty billion dollar deal. We were thinking seventy five billion, so the cap spike might not be as high as we think. It's a, it's a huge problem right now. But the thing is, is like they want to sign the CBA first, and then after the CBA, I think we'll hear it right before they sign the media deal. Because when they sign the media deal, they're basically going to have to be like, "Hey, when we sign this deal, you have to account for that this deal will have to expand." with the inclusion of two new franchises. So let's say it's $50 billion billion for 30 NBA teams. But three years into this deal, you're going to have two new franchises in top 50 markets in the United States. So if it's $50 billion for 30 teams, let's make it $60 billion once the two new teams come in or something. So when do you think if there were expansion teams introduced, when do you think that would? (laughs) Before the end of the decade. Mm, well, yeah. the plan is by 2030, there are two new NBA teams. They want, they have said repeatedly that two new NBA franchises will be playing in the NBA before 2030. It is 2023 right now. NBA, we have two and a half years before the current collective bargaining agreement expires. We want to, they want to sign a new collective bargaining agreement within the next year. Same thing. They want to sign a new deal. So basically next summer, we should start really hearing about NBA expansion. And the reason why I do think expansion is happening is there's never been rumblings like there are right now. Oh, okay. We've never heard just expansion be talked by, like referred to by Adam Silver repeatedly and he's like we're excited to talk about ex- uh, expansion like they, they want to expand and the reason why the nba wants to expand is the COVID 19 pandemic by doing the bubble it put the nba in seven billion of dollars of debt and a nba franchise fee is expected to cost between 3.5 and 4 billion dollars so if you create two new franchises you're getting between seven and eight billion dollars of revenue it's all politics yeah, so basically, well, I put money on Seattle and Vegas. 
I miss Seattle's I, a guarantee. Seattle, they have said repeatedly, first franchise being granted expansion is the Seattle Supersonics. No question. You know, we just got a hockey team, so I'm excited for that. It's just that uh, Seattle, like everyone, it's like the one team in sports that everyone agrees was actually robbed of their franchise, and like the city still owns all the history. They have EA ready arena and that's the thing the why i i think kansas city is a dark horse that anschutz owns the arena in downtown kansas city and the arena was built in 06 and it's where the college basketball hall of fame it's like a full not mm-hmm. 40 but it's like a full-fledged nba arena but i'm all for expansion i i think i missed what's the only team oklahoma was there another one? Oklahoma no, was I, a relocation, but uh, expansion. Yeah. Charlotte Bobcats. And Charlotte Bobcats were an expansion during our lifetime. Because yeah. I think Charlotte Bobcats were like 01. Um, I'm trying to think of another expansion in our lifetime. Um, Magic Timberwolves were before us. I'm really thinking it's the Bobcats. A Pelicans. Technically, right? No, no, because they were relocation of the Hornets. Yeah. Because uh, they became the sh- the uh, New Orleans Hornets. I'm trying to think of all the teams that relocated since oh. 99. I miss, Team- like, I always wanted to, like, the Montreal Expos. That was a cool area. That's completely random, but feeling baseball-y today. Oh, dude, you know who was in our lifetime? I mean, uh, we only had one team in our lifetime. Do you have a hint? We, we already said it's the Bobcats oh. in 04, but right before we were born was Toronto Raptors and the Grizzlies. Toronto Raptors. R- literally four years right before we were born was Raptors and Grizzlies. So the only team that's expanded were the oh, Bobcats. Uh, but Seattle will definitely get it because they're the largest American media market without an NBA team. Hmm. And then Las Vegas – can't wait. I'm going to get season tickets. Yeah. And then the reason why Kansas City is an option is because it's bigger than Milwaukee, Oklahoma City, New Orleans, and Memphis. Milwaukee? Oh, oh, oh. Like TV market and like population. Yes. So like people don't understand like why do all those other cities have franchises, but like Kansas City doesn't. And Kansas City's like like the, the Midwest, like basketball is king in the Midwest, you know? Yeah. Big time. I'm rooting for – I don't really care about Vegas or Vegas, but if LeBron's owner, it'd be cool. I'm rooting for San Diego because in 2K, the San Diego expansion team has really cool colorways. So, why, so guess what turned out to be true? You know, like how I said, I was reporting this whole time. The oh, wow. Bones Highland would not be traded to the Timberwolves out of pettiness. The uh, the Denver Nuggets refused. So the Timberwolves thought they had a done deal for Bones Highland, but turns out the <laughs> the Denver Nuggets were refused to trade, even if it was a better offer, to trade Bones Highland to the Minnesota Timberwolves due to the fact that they were not willing to help Tim Connolly in Minnesota. Who Tim Connolly? The Denver Nuggets did not appreciate how Tim Connolly just abruptly left the Denver Nuggets this offseason. I love it. That, that's funny. <laughs> Conley never wanted to extend the D'Angelo Russell. Mm-hmm. Um, that's funny. 
they're better off with Conley zero points. And I'm just kidding. They are better off with Conley though. Yeah, you know who did a really good job at the All Star Weekend? Uh, Pierre Pee Wee to plug. He was asking people some good questions. <laughs> I don't watch NBA YouTube unless it's like it's on Twitter, bro. Real media. It's on Twitter. Yeah, that's all. It doesn't tickle my titty. Supposedly, Boba Marjanovic is the greatest human yeah. you'll ever meet. Yep, he seems it. I was so close to him at the Rockets game. I was so close. I couldn't reach out to him. I feel like anybody's so close to him because he's that big. Yeah, he's he is huge, though. They're all big. I mean, once you go to the – you know, when you see them in real life, it's like, sheesh, they're all really big. But Boban's – his ears like, the size of my head. All right. I'm, I'm just trying to find shit to talk about right now. It's just, uh, you know, really deep one. Let's look. There's really just. Oh, Victor yeah, Dre was on the broadcast for. Uh, it's not news, but it was interesting. Dre being on the the dunk contest and three point shot. What do you think of this? Yes, I love it. This is why we're about to have a lockout. We so talked about – so Luke got so pissed off. So an NBA lockout is coming, guys. And the reason why an NBA lockout – Luke and I got a huge argument. So the reason why a lockout is coming, it's not over money. It's not over this. NBA players are – I love I love players and I love player empowerment. But there's arguably – so Luke and I got a huge argument because Luke says this is the coaches and the the, the – the general, the general man front office's fault. And I was like, no, the players are telling the coaches and the general managers that they're not going to play. I was like, and as a general manager and coach, you're going to be like, all right, whatever makes you happy. But basically what's happening is there's a rumor that the way lockout is going is NBA owners are feeling disrespected for two things. First off, people are signing long-term contracts and then six months later demanding a trade. They're yeah. just like sign the con the, basically the new the new philosophy in the NBA is even if you don't want to be there, just sign the contract because they can pay you the most and just in six months ask for a trade and make it public so people know that they can trade for you. And the second thing is that people are pissed off about is load management. Right here. If you got if you're 80%, you gotta play. I don't like all the sitting missing game stuff because the thing is, is the owners feel the, the fans, the fans are leaving. The fans are coming to the games because I mean, fuck the kid who, who was the one who was a clout chaser, who was like, I flew 4,000 miles from Argentina to see Jimmy Butler. And he like sat and the same thing happened with Steph Curry. But that's the, the, the thing is people are, you know, an NBA game is expensive. If you want a decent seat, take your family, a family of four, that's a $800 investment right there to get decent seats for your kids, food, drinks, hotel, you know, if you're traveling yep. and you got players, I mean, Jordan always said that every game he played, he tried to have the best game of his life because he knew people were paying hard earned money to go to those games. And you got guys now sitting missing games. And uh, first off, I think the first thing you can do is make it a 72 game season instead of an 82. And that's the least I would go. I don't think you should go any less than 72. 72 would let you have no back to backs. If you take 10 games away, I'm fine with that. Nothing less. Uh, but you can't fucking sit and like there's a lockout because the NBA owners are like, we're losing the fans. We're losing the fans because you guys aren't playing. 
Like the owners need to take some control in the sense of you guys just can't be demanding trades and just leaving. Like I'm all for players like wheeling, dealing, like hoping to like go to new places and taking control of your employment. Like some places it doesn't work out, but like you can't be leaving these franchises hung and dry. And second, it's and I, I don't even think the trade stuff is that the more important stuff. That's just kind of annoying as a fan. But like it's really guys, it's like, I mean, if you want to put in our if I worked at a job that I didn't like, I would be looking for new employment and I'd be leaving that employment as soon as possible. So, you know, if you put it in that example, it makes sense why players are demanding trades. I understand that. Second, the more important issue that I think is why lockout is happening is what I've said is the fans are leaving. The fans don't want to watch half the games or even go to the games because half the games, their favorite players are not playing. Yeah. What's your thoughts? No, I'd feel, I'd feel the same way if that happened to me and all like the old ads, they, they talk about it as well. You know, MJ said that I saw Richard Jefferson a couple of weeks ago, talk about how when he was growing up very poor, he went to a game. I can't remember who it was or where he's from. I want to, I don't think it was Staples, but Richard Jefferson was saying like the first NBA game he ever went to his family didn't even go with because of how expensive it was. And, you know, like his dad dropped him off at the game and went and watched it elsewhere. And it's just completely different. Like if hockey players can play 82 games, like hockey players play 82 games, soccer players. Let's not compare hockey to soccer, but yes. Soccer players play, what, like 40, 50 games a year, and, like, it's way more running. 90 minutes. Well, it's, like, similar running. Let's go similar running. Hockey, hockey, basketball, and soccer, similar, like, running. Like, you're running up and down. Up, uh, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's just in hockey you get hit, and in soccer yeah. when you get hit, you, like, cry to your – I know, but what they Same. say, you run in soccer seven miles or eight miles. Yeah, you do run a lot. I, like it's, it's, they're saying they're like one player in 90 minutes runs like almost 10 miles. I think it is I guess, if you play a whole game of soccer. Load but, management is just so stupid. And I like as the days go by, the more love I have for a young man, Anthony Edwards. I think he's really stepping up. So they're, talk, they're talking about tying awards to games played but i'm like awards already are already yeah that's what i said in like one of the podcasts in school yeah i was like i was like we already tie awards to games play where like we usually don't give awards to guys who play less than 60 games i was like you know what in this one podcast i was listening to on the athletic they said it best he was like you know what we should do you got to play 2000 minutes if you don't play 2000 minutes you can't qualify for an award He's like, we got to do it by minutes. Cause he's like, if we start doing games, guys will just play five minutes and then check out. And the then, is, yes. yeah. Yeah. So what literally what I, I agree with this. Okay. If you're six man, you have to play at least 1800 minutes off the bench. Okay. If you want to be any first team, all-star, whatever, or first team, all NBA or any of the uh, final awards, you got to play at least 2000 minutes. That's about 30 minutes a oh, night for six in general. Yeah, for the for all season. The awards. Oh, cool. Yeah, for all the awards. The only award that you can play less than 2,000 minutes, it's 18, uh, 1,800 minutes, 1,800 minutes for sixth man of the year. That's uh, intriguing. Yeah, you do it by minutes. Because that way, I, they did a math. If you play 60 games, 30 minutes a night, that's like 1,800 minutes. If you play 60 games, 30 minutes a night, that's 1,800 minutes. So sixty-five, about 70 games is 2,100. If you played 70 games, 30 minutes a night, that's about 2,100 minutes. 
not a bad logic, right? Yeah, it's not. Doesn't sound too bad. Like the minute, I think minutes tie tie awards to minutes played. That's pretty. I think it'd be a good. But yeah, no, like I mean, think about your uh your your Ming Yager. He played till he was like forty five in the NHL. Anze Kopitar is still kicking it. I he might not be. I think he's pretty <laughs> old though. But oh, he's only 35. Well, 35 is still pretty old. But... Damn. I can't believe that Leandro. Also, this Sham Sharania, one of the journalists with the best sources inside the NBA who regularly advances scoops in the American League, reported that the Argentine, Argentinian former Barcelona player was terminated. They're like not saying. Uh, really at all why he was cut. I mean, I guess he was. I'm so mad about Balmaro. I want the Spurs to pick him up. <laughs> Be cool. But it's crazy to think about that Danny Ainge turned Gobert into six first-round picks with little to no protections. And Walker yeah, Kessler. People are complaining about the players that they got back. Come on. That's insane. Oh, that's insane. I still can't believe we just Leander Balmaro was like that much of a bust. Cry myself to sleep. All right. Here's a quick little one. I thought it'd be fun to talk about. All righty. Let me share the screen. We're going to go through this one quick. And I know you don't care for it, but let's do a mock draft. Oh, nice. <laughs> just something to do. This is from Sam Vecini. And we'll just go through this one. This is a good way to kill some time. But we'll we'll try to do 30 seconds each. I'm going to put a timer on my phone. 30 seconds each, 30 picks. That's about like nine minutes. I mean, not nine minutes, about 30 seconds, 30 picks. That's 300 seconds, 300 seconds times six. I mean, divided by 60 is what, like five minutes, five and a half minutes. Alrighty. So let's start it. All right, NBA mock draft. First guy on the clock, Victor Wembenyama. They have the Houston Rockets winning the draft Ooh. in this. I don't believe the Houston Rockets win it. I think the 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 draft the draft lottery gods are going to give it to the San Antonio Spurs. But what can we say? I don't even think there needs to be that much time on Victor Wembenyama. Everybody knows him. Seven foot four. He's a, the combination of Rudy Gobert, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Christoph Porzingis put into one player. Touche. Moving Welcome on to, to Houston, the fourth largest city in America. All right, Scoot Henderson. People are calling him the next Jaw Morant, Derrick Rose. I think he's a dog. You know, people have said that if he was in any other draft class, he would be the number one overall pick. Thoughts on him? Uh, I, I don't. I'm not a huge fan of that comment. I get it, but I think it over. I think it throws a lot of expectations on him, but Detroit would be fascinating because they have a lot of guards if that were to happen. Next one, Brandon Miller, called the safest player in the draft. He's arguably the best shooter. He's like shooting seven threes a game at 43%, and he's kind of like a small forward. 
coming to Alabama, 6'9", small four, power four. What are your thoughts on him? I'd love to have Brandon Miller on any basketball team I like. Yeah, sure. I think I, I he kind of comes off to me as – I don't know why I think this, but he's sort of the Jabari Smith of this draft. Wow. Not like in a bad way. Like, but like, <laughs> like not Jabari Smith that we know right now, but Jabari Smith pre-draft. Okay. Where everyone was like not he was the super – yeah. Next up, Eamon Thompson. I've seen comparisons for Eamon Thompson as a more athletic, sh- shorter version of Ben Simmons. That used to be a, a positive analogy. Yeah, well, like Ben Simmons when he was coming into the NBA, not Ben Simmons right now. Yeah, I agree with what Vicini's saying. Uh, I love his upside. I know he's not a great three-point shooter, but I would definitely take him as well. Um, any of my favorite basketball teams. Yeah. I, first off, I don't. If I was hey, the Hornet, if I was the fourth overall pick and I'm the Hornets, I would do everything I can to trade up. Oh wow. Five. Jarese Walker to hey. the Magic. I just don't see this one happening because why would the Magic draft another forward? Like, Jarese Walker is a six eight center. But he's awesome, dude. The guy is like seven foot two wingspan, averaging sixteen and seven two assists, shooting like forty plus from three. Great player. What's the issue with Orlando taking a forward? If you mention the name Jonathan Isaac, no, we have like Franz Wagner, Paulo Bancaro, Wendell Carter Jr., Chuma. Franz AK. can play too. I, I I know. I just Jarace Walker. I just think like, why wouldn't we take like Asar Thompson? Or like well, he's Cam, only 6'8", he can play or three. like or Cam Whitmore, you know. But Cam Whitmore over here to the Pacers, I love Cam Whitmore coming out of Villanova. He's, I think, a good player. I mean, he missed some games because of a thumb injury. His defense is all right, but he's a big old wing, like prototype wing that I think just fits in the NBA perfectly. Yeah, he's from Villanova. He'll be he'll have a good career. This is my steal of the draft, who I've been saying is the Josh Giddy and Tyrese Halliburton of this draft. Six foot seven guard out of Arkansas, 19 years old, Anthony Black. Literally, the guy is averaging 15 points, 100 possessions, but he is such a good passer, such a good defensive defense player. The only reason that's he's not higher is three point shots a little broken right now. But if you, believe, I've been saying that if he figures out how to shoot consistently from 40% from three, he could have a higher ceiling than Scoot Henderson. Yeah. Just draft anybody from the SEC and you'll enjoy the Big 12 the best basketball conference. Lasar Thompson is the wing version of Eamon Thompson, who's more of the guard version. He shoots below 30%, but, you know, he's a good defender. I mean, he's the lesser of the twin brothers. Mm-hmm. I guess. That sounds shitty. Keontae George. I mean, he's had some moments, and sometimes he gets inconsistent, but I've seen comparisons of Eric Gordon. I like it. Who won that game on Saturday? Uh, KU came back in the second half and dicked them down. Damn. Yep. Grady Dick. I've said Grady Dick is a bigger version (laughs) of Kevin Herter. I said Grady Dick in his name. Yeah. Well, the chant is, you suck dick, you suck dick, you suck dick, is what other school chants. Oh, when Grady Dick's on the floor. But uh, Kevin Herter is my comparison for Grady Dick, and I'm not just doing that for, like, they're both. Like, Grady Dick's a, a larger, better rebounding version and arguably a better defensive version of Kevin Herter, but offensively and role he would play in the NBA, very similar to Kevin Herter, in my opinion. Mm. Kassam Wallace, 
he's a six foot four. I think a really good like defensive first with a good three point shot. Very safe draft pick right here. The reason he doesn't go higher is I think he just has a low ceiling but a high floor type guy. You know, like you know what you're getting from him. Nick Nick Smith is a guy who's been hurt a lot this year, but you know we've heard Jamal Murray comparisons to him, more of a scorer than anything defensively. He's really fun. Yeah, yeah. He, he was like a lottery. He used to be a top, top, top dog. This guy's been calling Ryan Rupert out of the NBL, playing for the New Zealand Breakers, six foot seven with a seven foot three wingspan. I said he could be like, and he grew up playing point guard. I said he could be OG Ananobi with ball handling skills. On crack. whoa, yeah. OG with ball handling. Yeah, on crack. This is what Ryan Rupert has the potential to be. And, like, he was in the NBL, and now he's playing, like, regular minutes. Like, and that's the NBL where you don't you aren't given things like the G League. You are, like, earned. Everything is earned in the NBL. Then Jalen Hood Shafino is a guy who's been climbing up the boards. He's, like, this 3 and D guy that we've seen. Pretty solid. Lakers would take him. Yeah. He, Jet Howard's arguably one of the best three-point shooters coming out of Michigan. Are you one of those kids from Chicago who loves Michigan? I know so many people from Chicago who's obsessed with the University of Michigan. Why is I that a thing? Hate Michigan. Why are people from Chicago obsessed with the University of Michigan? Probably because their family's yacht r- resides on the harbor there, and they uh, take the yacht out there a lot. Chris so, Murray uh, is Keegan Murray's left-handed bro- twin brother. Woo-hoo! He's basically like Keegan Murray, but you know lesser. But he's still good. Bryce Sinsabo, we're just going to start going through this. Six foot six, good three shooter, and he's got some defensive talent, fits the Golden State Warriors like a T. Jordan Hawkins, another good shooter. And, you know, he's got some defense, seems like a Knicks guy. Max Lewis, Pepperdine, small guy. Best, you know, mid major school. He's actually averaging 18, six and three while shooting 36.6 from three. Six foot seven, got NBA athleticism. Derek Whitehead. Derek Whitehead has fallen. He was another guy that was like a lottery pick now going in the 20s, but that's because of injuries. Gigi Jackson. People yes. are obsessed with him, but yes. the problem with him is that he's on a one of the worst teams in wow. the SEC, and he's his true shooting is 47.4%. Bastard. I like him, though. He's really good. He's really good. Colby Jones, he was going to be a late first, early second last year. Do-it-all guy, six foot six. He literally can play point, shooting guard, small forward, power forward. Shoots 42% from three. Like, this guy is just a, a glue. He can play so many positions, it's unreal. Julian it's Raptor. Yeah, Julian Phillips. Yeah, screams Raptor right there. Julian Phillips is a, a good defensive player with some switchability. I think he can come in. He's basically built like Rui Hachimura but like better defense. You got James Nanji from Barcelona. No relation to Zeke Nanji. <laughs> this guy, he started his NBA, his European basketball career at the Hungarian Academy before he moved to Spain in 2020. He's six foot 10, 18 years old. He blocked. He's one of the league leading block rim protectors and shots blocked in the Liga ACB for Barcelona. And he looks like he could be like Ismail Kamagate from last year. He was a late first-round pick by the Denver Nuggets, who still plays for Paris basketball this season. And 
I see Zeke Nanji as a draft and sash. Derek Lively, another top 10 pick who's fallen. You know, just an old school six, seven foot one with a seven foot seven wingspan could probably be like the Dayron Sharp of this draft class. Kyle Filipowski, some people are saying a bigger version of Nas Reed. Then Kobe Bufkin, um, you know, he seems like Rocket. could be a good, you know, athletic defensive guard in the NBA. And then Leonard Miller, he was a point guard. He grew to 6'10 with a 7'2 wingspan. He seems like he could, you know, follow like, mm, I don't know who to compare him to. He's kind of like himself. But like the six foot ten wing, you know, kind of like a Mike, a poor man's Michael Porter Jr. Maybe, and Taquavi and Smith kind of could be like yes. Tyrese Maxey. You should have gotten the yeah, first last year. So bad. But sexual. let's play a game now. Colt, Perto. You know what time it is. Ooh. You get a lot of leaky pods where it like goes back into your mouth and it will. You see all those O's I just blew? Yeah. I just blew like four O's. Blow O's, bitch. Blow O's. This is have a vape. This is Trey Young. This is no. Trey Young. No. Thanks. Okay. I'm... That was anticlimactic. Yeah. It fits the fits the show for the day because of how little. It's happening. People need oh. to start wearing their hats like this again. You look so white trash. <laughs> <laughs> like you look my like... favorite basketball player of all time, Mac McClung. Yeah. Congratulations. I live in eight mile. <laughs> my name is White Rabbit. Oh, <laughs> oh geez. There's that. You're like that guy in like those like uh those satirical like docu mockumentaries where they're like, What's up? You know, we've been down here in the hood, you know, when I started my rap career, and then it's just like, Shut up, Eric, you went to private school. There's like it's just... Oh my goodness. I gotta pull up this. All right, have you seen? We out here. I gotta find this. I got this is like one of the greatest clips of all time. Oh, I've been working on neck too much. What? Oh, right here, right here. I found the greatest clip of all time that we're about to look at. This is from a show by Chris Tilly. It's Australian comedy. It's fucked up as hell, but. This is very fucked up comedy, uh, but it is some of the funniest comedy I've ever seen in my life, and I will stand by that to this day. Curious George is the best comedy that exists. 
Curious George. <laughs> that's that's where you're coming that's at. A great show. All right, here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Here we are. You ready for this? You're not ready for this. Yep. You look like Smouse right now. If you were in, I can't even. <laughs> uh, you ready? You 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 aren't ready for this. Swain or Smouse, as you call him, he grew up as a rich ass kid. Okay, <laughs> look at my place, man. I'm rich. We get it, nigga. You shut the fuck up. You went to private white schools. I gave you everything you wanted. Whatever, whatever. You ain't no motherfucking gangster. When he was a little boy, he went to church with his mama and he was singing in the choir like the biggest ass sister you ever seen in your life. <laughs> well, that's crap by then. That is bullshit. Quit lying. I was there. I saw it. You was all, yeah, Lord, yeah, Lord, all gospel oh, shit, style and shit. <laughs> and then, then he got into musicals. I did not get into musicals. Right. I was there. I remember. You begged me for the for the for the wicked Broadway cast recording. I did not uh, want your the wicked Broadway cast recording. You wanted to give me that shit. I did not want it. Bullshit. I didn't ask for that shit. Bullshit, man. You begged me for it. I remember for weeks you begged me for it. Anthony, am I lying? You got a fictional mouth right there. You got to shut that mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that shit. Both you niggas shut your mouth. Smiles like. Swain wasn't exactly what you'd hope a son would be. When he became a superstar, you know, he, that's when all the lies started. That's when he started that bullshit about me being a drug addict. Can you believe that shit? That bullshit, then I used to beat his ass. I should have beat his ass. I'm a drug addict? I ain't never had a cigarette in my mouth. Listen, motherfucker, if you want to be boring, if you want to be an artist that is not interesting, then you can, you can just tell people normal shit. Oh, yeah, my daddy told me he loved me today. Oh, my daddy folded my underwear. Yeah, no one wants to hear that shit. Well, all I'm doing is trying to deliver the shit that the fans want. And you, you diss me for being a liar, then diss me for trying my hardest to entertain the Looks like Paulo Bancaro. That guy's in blackface. Oh no! Oh, yes, really. yes, that's oh, all my. Like it's so bad. That's like from two thousand eight. <laughs> like, like in Australia. So like, uh in Australia, it's I don't even know. Like, so Australia, it's by the BBC, and like Australia and England has came out like defending because like his whole stick is he like. He goes in other appearances, so he like he'll be he'll dress up as women. He'll dress up all. He doesn't hold back. He's done Asian people. Like there's one called like gay style. I gotta pull this up. This is the last clip. I gotta go to a doctor's appointment. Um, Chris Tilly. This is like the stupidest thing in the world. Chris Lilly. Oh my god. Where is this? Angry boys, but his whole his whole thing right here. This is such a good fucking bit. But his stuff is all these fucked up comedies where he just makes fun of like stupid shit, and he dresses up like he holds no like and like none of it's actually like like unpurposely. You know what I mean? Like it's just 
in, in, all his comedies never had problems until like two years ago where everyone like came back and was like this is racist like you should have never made this and, like the they're you know what i mean he had like a deal with netflix and netflix had to cancel it and stuff oh, yeah but like it, this one's pretty funny I think you need to concentrate a little bit more. That's him uh, as an Asian now. From an early age, I started oh, to notice that's him uh, little strange things about Tim. Uh, probably before he even knew himself that he was gay. Uh, little things only a mother pick up on. And Tim and I have a little discussion, and it turned out my inkling was right. He uh, was gay. It coincided uh, with the time when I was uh, not too happy with the sponsorship that we had for Tim with uh, DC and uh, Grove. And it was a time when I wanted to change Tim's career. Uh, so I decided that we should come out uh, to the public, uh, let everyone know that Tim is the world's first gay skateboarder. My friends know that I'm not gay, and I'm not really gay. But my mom was so keen on the whole gay angle and the whole gay style thing but to the general public and all my fans i'm gay tim okazaki the boy who brought skateboarding into mainstream popular culture in japan and he's gay and proud of it yeah i was really surprised hey eh? like um hanging out with him a bunch of times he didn't really seem all that gay you know, but apparently he was. Being gay, I have to pretend I like guys, pretend I don't like girls, and I, I can't talk to girls or else my mom would get mad. She says, you can only talk to guys and stuff, which is a little weird. It works so well. Uh, I came up with my catchphrase, uh, I'm gay, which was uh, what I got Tim to say at any uh, skateboard competition or to the media. I'm gay! <laughs> Tim uh, really got into it. Um, I also came up with skateboarding gay style. Skateboarding gay style. Skateboarding gay style. That was more of a business decision. I wanted the kids to get familiar with the, the phrase gay style uh, because that's when I started my company, Gay Style Enterprises. And uh, we made uh, skateboard decks and streetwear clothing. Uh, we also made some merchandise. And uh, this is um, a gay star ice cube uh, maker in the cock shape. This is for the parmesan cheese. Take it off, shake it on your pasta. This is uh, the gay star cock shape whistle. The gay star drink bottle, um, fill it up with whatever drink you like. The gay star uh, scrubbing brush. And is it good for the bath time, shower time, um, with the cock on the end? It's going so well. Uh, the kids are loving it and are willing to spend the dollars. I do have to go to a doctor's appointment, but that is uh, Angry Boys. There's also another skit where he plays two twin brothers, one of them deaf. <laughs> <laughs> he's like... <laughs> Sometimes when he doesn't look, uh, you're a, you're a fucking idiot. You're a fucking cocksucker. <laughs> he's like he'll go like this, Dan. You fucking suck dick. I don't like you. So because he can't read his lips, he'll cover oh, yeah. his mouth. <laughs> I get a doctor's boy, man. If you guys did enjoy Chris Lilly, 
Yeah, I hope you enjoy that, Thomas. I'm gonna go, guys. Gotta go get like find out if I get this off or surgery. Cheers. <laughs>